Good afternoon, Brokers Playbook family, brothers, sisters in the business across the nation, across North America really, because we have been getting a lot of messages from our amazing brethren down south in the United States of America because we have been doing a lot of work on Clubhouse and LinkedIn Live, which we are connecting with just more and more people. I want to welcome everybody to today's podcast. I do have the amazing, beautiful, and experienced Stephanie Yates joining me today. Stephanie, welcome to Brokers Playbook. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to have you, Miss Stephanie Yates. Um, Stephanie Yates is an accomplished mortgage broker. She's an accomplished professional. Uh, I have known Stephanie for just over a decade, and we have worked together on countless deals. She's my personal financier, and she has worked on just such an array uh, of residential investment and some commercial deals. Uh, over the years where I felt it's necessary to a share her story and, and I definitely want to go down the path of how you've become what you what what you are today which is truly uh, an accomplished broker somebody people can rely on um, and, and it's an exemplary practice as far as I'm concerned so I want you to talk about that but I also want to dig a little deeper into we're speaking to real estate brokers today. We're speaking to your brothers and sisters in the mortgage industry. So I want to come out with, at the end of it, the playbook should be all about maybe your experience, how you developed your mindset today, what you do in order to, to stay at the level of production that you are currently at, and really get an understanding of how a business is built, what the value proposition to your client, because your client is not only... The, the person getting the mortgage. Correct. It's also the referral source. Correct. It's also the strategic partners along the way, the appraisers, the, the, that whole thing. So let's get started with a little bit on your story. Tell me a little bit about your, I know, I know your story, but let, let's talk a little bit to our amazing listeners and our amazing brothers and sisters in the business with who you are, how you got started, and where are you at today? Perfect. So... Um, I'm Steph Yates, and I've been a mortgage broker for coming up on 12 years. Um, I got my start as an assistant working with Dominion Lending, and that's, of course, how I met you. Um, did the assistant gig for a few years, transitioned into an underwriter, uh, and then quickly branched off in 2014, and I've never looked back. Currently funding anywhere from 80 to $100 million on my own without a team, uh, meaning no underwriters, no assistants, that type of thing. Um, and to answer your question, it's just built on hard work, it's built on follow-through, and it's built on accountability. Okay, o only because uh, I am a person who loves scale, who has scaled, uh, and, and I respect everybody who does work without a team, mm -hmm. just as much as, excuse me, the leaders who do work with teams. Mm -hmm. Why have you chosen that route, and what is your, your plan surrounding that? Are you happy with your production, your lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Are you protecting that, or are you looking to perhaps move to a different level if that's something that you see? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so very valuable question that I reflect on annually um, because the opportunity to expand with the team, having brokers under me uh, monetizing that has always been available. The reason I don't choose to do that at this time is because for me, uh, when I think about what I do for a living and why I feel I'm successful in doing that is because I prioritize excellent customer service and accountability and I've yet to find 
others in my industry who value that at the same level that I do. Um, and we've spoken about this before, but sure. just in terms of frequent updates, uh, following through, starting the day and ending the day at your desk and executing what you've said you can execute. I feel like a lot of people can talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk. So when I find the right team of people who can walk the walk as I do and have the same level of uh, pride in what they do and the same expectation that I do, I would love to develop a team. Um, but for now, I'm going to continue to grow the business that I know how to do as successfully as I've done it. And the kind of volume that you're doing, that's not a joke. We're talking about 80 to 100 million per annum. Are you finding yourself uh, having anxiety in getting that much business done? Or have you implemented systems that make it uh, seamless? Are you somewhere in the middle? How is your day-to-day business life? I'm too busy to be anxious. Okay. All right. No. I so chaos. <laughs> yeah, I just thrive up here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. That's just my zone. <laughs> Um, I have excellent uh, process in place. So everything I do is templated. Everything that I do has um, checklists and to-do lists. And I'm just a very thorough and organized person. Who developed those? I did. So you developed your own system. Did you have a coach at some point? Did you have people who mentored you? How did you come up with these systems? So when I started off as an assistant, I came into a broker who was successful um, because they were great at sales and generating leads, but failed to follow through on a lot of them. So where he may have been funding arbitrary number 20 million, he could have easily been doing 100 million had he had a proper process in place. And my personality type is just to come in and and make a process. So that's what I did. And I created templates and I created uh, stages for each level of lending and and where each client would be, uh, following up with referral sources, updating them, because as you mentioned, that is just as important as closing the mortgage itself. And so I got to do that in sort of a sheltered space because I was on salary at the time. Tiny salary, solely as an assistant, but I got to troubleshoot while learning under somebody else. It's definitely not something that I think the average broker could just jump into who has one or two deals a year. So that, that begs the question, is, is it a wise choice for somebody entering the business to start as an assistant, to start as a mentee mm-hmm. to an existing broker to learn the, the ropes and, and to, to see and recognize the issues in one's business. Because you obviously mm-hmm. were able to see that although the person you worked with was an incredible salesman, mm-hmm. and I know who you're speaking of, very gifted and charismatic Absolutely. guy. Do I agree with you? He may have lacked systems. I wouldn't know, but if you say so, clearly it was. And you wouldn't know. <clears throat> and you wouldn't know. Because being behind the scenes... That's where you see room for improvement. Right. And that started when I was implemented with a commission structure. Being straight salary didn't necessarily matter how many deals were closed. Because you're not incented to the deals closed. A few months in, I started realizing, well, hey, if we just did this or moved this here, it would generate this. And to his credit, he saw the value in that and quickly said, great, if you can transition this to this, here's what you'll get. And that, that's it. That lit the fire. So, so I, 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 I again ask, would you say to any mortgage broker or aspiring broker, would, would it be a very good choice for them mm-hmm. to look for a mentee position, an assistant position for one, two years to start recognizing the game and what, where the weaknesses and strengths are that they can exploit? So I would go one step further and say that they should be looking more for a partnership where they can acknowledge that they're not bringing a lot of resource value and that the first part is learning. And I will say that because as a senior agent, I've been approached by many potential mentees. And unfortunately, what I see is the potential to lose my database. 
or I see somebody who wants to learn what I have to offer and then leave. So you have to, as a starting agent, acknowledge that you're not bringing a lot to the table and you're going to put in the grunt work, but that you're doing that in hopes to grow with the other agent. As opposed to growing out. Correct, or taking their clients or their referrals. Unfortunately, in this industry, that's definitely a concern that most senior agents, even if you are willing to learn, really see that as a potential concern. As a threat. As a threat, for sure. You work very hard to establish a database and a relationship. And as a mentee, you'd be doing a lot of the administrative or grunt work, a lot of the initial phone calls. But if you're smart, that's where you capture your client. That initial intake call is vital. So if you're outsourcing that um, the, to a mentee, they may or may not then potentially build that relationship with your client. So I'm a firm believer, believer excuse me, of systems in place that can actually hedge against that. And there are ways to do that. And, and I think maybe uh, in the near future that, that I put together a show uh, to, to go over like how to build a team without compromising the security of your hard work, Mm -hmm. uh, just to touch on it just a little bit. What you can do in order to to start growing it, not to say that you need to start growing a team whatsoever, Mm -hmm. because that is literally a choice that's going to determine your lifestyle. So it's not just about money, business, or scale and volume of deals. Mm -hmm. That's a matter of actually choosing how to live. And I call that the more is more. So, so, so the more is more. Right. So, so yes, you are going to make more. Yes, you're going to do this, but it does come at a cost. More headache, more work. And the biggest part is the sacrifice at your home. Yes. So, so to anybody who truly values family time to be a certain amount of physical time, yes. do not skip. And I'm not referring to quality time. I'm not referring to quality right. time. I... Have a very very busy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I don't spend as much time as I would like at home, but the time that I do spend, in my opinion, yeah. is extremely high quality. Right. You ask my wife; she might disagree a little bit, but she's not here right now. She is so. not here right now, so we can sound <laughs> like we're out. actually good. I'm a good father. You're doing great. Uh, no, th- there are systems that you can put in place, and I will, and I'm going to touch on it just a little bit right now. The system that you can put in place is that the, the CRMs that your data is housed in uh, can be protected, meaning it cannot be exported for somebody to actually want to steal your database because that person is nothing but a thief. Right. If they are a, if they are a mentee who came in to learn and they're sitting there taking print screens of individual screens mm-hmm. and saving them, then they're a professional thief mm-hmm. that do not respect their time. Well, they the won't last long anyway. And they won't last long anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like from a general measure to the average person who might be tempted on their way out to do something dumb, mm-hmm. there are ways of protecting by accessing a more savvy CRM, not your basic CRM, mm-hmm. that has permissions, super users, users, etc. Permissions for admins, permissions for each level mm-hmm. of, of the staff member that's in or the, the partner that's in. So there are ways of doing it where you don't have to always have in the back of your mind Am I getting hijacked? If I say the wrong thing and we go wrong, right? what happens? There are ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And I do hope as a message to the entire industry, this specific issue is does hold back many people from growing. Absolutely. And, and I am telling you for certain, feel free to DM me, feel free to schedule a one-on-one. There are ways mm-hmm. to combat it, to mitigate it enough 
where you feel comfortable, even if you're looking at some scale or systematizing certain aspects of your business, Mm -hmm. you can do so without having that threat or that thought in the back of your mind, literally dilapidating your actual growth. So there are ways to do it. And you can be your own worst enemy in that sense. Yes. um, What is it? Paralysis by analysis. You can very easily cripple your own growth by operating from a place of fear. L- listen, th- this isn't uh, this isn't uncommon. I'm not saying because mm. I'm saying because I've had this conversation with hundreds of people, and you are one of those people who have mentioned it. So if that means you're thinking about it, mm. if that's a holdback, there are things you can do. But if you are looking at no, I'm not going to compromise the time with my family. You shouldn't. And for me, that's number one. No doubt. And it's also that I don't know that I would find the same level of enjoyment in teaching others as I do in executing. There you go. I love what I do. I wake up in the morning. I'm excited to go to work. And, and that's the difference between the athlete and the coach. Mm-hmm. So Tom Brady is not going to be Bill Belichick. Which I is, know exactly what you're referencing. So, so. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yep. Yeah. Mr. Brady. I, I, I'm going I'm to make this very clear. Tom Brady being the best quarterback of all time mm-hmm. and Bill Belichick being the best coach of all time. Perfect. Um, Tom Brady is an athlete, an executor. Right. The guy who cannot be beaten on the court. Yes. Bill Belichick cannot be beaten in the locker room. And the difference between the, the racehorse mm-hmm. and the coach is that exactly. You Agreed. enjoy doing the job. Yes. The day that maybe you become the person who wants to share, Mm -hmm. maybe that is the day that you make those adjustments. Absolutely. And I'm open to it. And and I think that is something that every single, whether you're in real estate or mortgages, this is the conversation that you can only have with yourself. And you have to be honest and accountable with frequent check-ins. Yes. Because if you're not, if you don't have a specific purpose or a drive, you get lost. So I definitely make a point of reflecting, am I happy with where I am? At times, if I'm not, why? Is there something that I can do to improve that? There is a lot of self-reflection. But ultimately, for me, I, yeah, I don't find the same passion in coaching as I do in playing. Therefore, I don't coach. There you go. And when it comes to growing my team, could I monetize it to make this much more? Sure, but do I have a plan for the this much more? Yes or no. If that's a, a key part of a different stage or a different plan, then I have to value that and I have to work that in. But for me, as it stands right now, I'm content. I absolutely love what I do. I'm I not absolutely. content and complacent. Right. But content no, no, no. in your own growth. I know where I am. Yeah. yeah. No, no, and that's fantastic. Uh, Steph, in, in my business, in my all-star network, you have to be able to deliver a certain value proposition to stay on my team, let alone, well, it's one thing to get on the team, but to stay on the team, you have to be delivering service at a certain level. Clearly, you're, you've been on my team for a decade and you have. I want you to tell me what that value proposition is. What is it that you have found the consistent things that you need to deliver in every transaction in order to get that five-star review? Do what you say you're going to do. I I, I want a little bit more. Sure. (laughs) Give me a little bit more because, and the reason I ask is, I understand you're, you're saying be a person of your word. Be somebody who delivers. But what are the steps in your business? Mm-hmm. Meaning, or do you have to shop around? Do you have to, what is it you have to prove to the client for them to have a five-star experience? I think taking the time with each client to educate them. So valuing your client as a relationship outside of a commission. Taking the money off the table matters first and foremost because you'll take that extra bit of time to educate and build that relationship. 
that matters because at the end of the day, we're selling a product, and that product has to be tailored to each person. I need to understand where you're going to know how to help get you there is, is part of what I do. The other part is, is I'm as accountable to my client as I am to my referral. So you are sending me somebody who you genuinely value their relationship and you're trusting me with that. It is my responsibility to treat them well, but also to keep you in the loop so that you understand that they're being prioritized or you know what stage we're at. We want to take commission off the table, but we also work for a living. We have bills to pay. At the end of the day, they're also in your revenue stream. So it's important to know where they stand from a service perspective, but also from a potential business perspective. When I say do what you say you're going to do, follow through, call people back, reply promptly. If for whatever reason there's a disconnect and you've promised them a rate that no longer exists or a term, fall on your sword, pick up the phone, make that uncomfortable call and own it, apologize, advise your referral. Hey, so-and-so may not be happy, here's the problem, here's the solution, here's what we've done. So you're calling back with a solution though? Every time. So, so I think the key takeaways uh, and everything you're saying is kind of hitting the nail on the head uh, because you could be selling shoes, lollipops, real estate, or Doesn't mortgages. Uh, it always comes back to the same philosophies, the same pillars inside the salesman's uh, toolbox, which is follow through, which is follow up, which is yeah. uh, to do the right thing instead of making excuses and lies, just spit it out. I messed up. Or not to call back. I can't tell you how many clients I hear. I gave my my real or my client, uh, my mortgage broker, this information three weeks ago, and I haven't heard back. And I look at the application, and I immediately go, ratios are out. Why haven't they called you back? Because they don't have good news. So they just don't call back. That's not acceptable. This person's financial well-being is in your hands. They're in suspense. They they everything that they do, they wake up, they think about their mortgage or their potential home. Call them back. And, and, and the only thing that was evident throughout that is the fact that they made an application when the things didn't look as they wanted them to. Mm-hmm. They dropped out. Meaning Correct. the only reason you were there in the first place was for a commission. So, so it's easy, it's really easy to differentiate yourself. And if you are willing to do a little bit of, a little bit more work than the average person, meaning that I'm going to take this person down and one way or another, I'm going to get them to the finish line. Right. If it takes you a week, two weeks or four weeks more to get that done mm-hmm. and you get that, that person will never forget right. that experience. And how good does that make you look when the person who you referred makes sure that they get where they're trying to go? And I'll, I will give clients options that they may or may not even like. But the point is, is it's now their choice. It hasn't been dictated to them. They've been given back control of their uh, financial discretion or their capacity. And I think that's really important. I think it's important, too. I think it's important, too. And, and I also think um, what's, what, what sets people apart, and, and it's gonna, this is a perfect segue for the, for the next topic that I want to cover, is how does a mortgage broker and a real estate agent form a relationship? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of trust, one of longevity, one that's not based on a, on, on a finder's fee, one that's, there th- th- there's so many things. Yeah. So, so as we transition the conversation, because our audience literally is 90% mortgage brokers and real estate brokers, mm-hmm. uh, there's a small component of investors in there which all benefit from this conversation. Because now you know how we think and how we speak. And what to look for. And what to look for when we're not with you, investor, when we're not with you, client. Yeah. The people who do well in this business are the people who actually care about you. Yes. Uh, so, so, so that's why I have this, I feel so comfortable in this setting. 
-hmm. because we have nothing to hide. There is no conversation. Commission, you can make millions, but you can also make millions the right way. And, and long term. It's not one year where you make a million and then I'm out, right? If it's a, if you're playing long game, then that service, that relationship, that's it. So, so with that being said, let's bring it straight into the game. If you are a brand new real estate agent, mm -hmm. if you are a brand new mortgage broker, how do you form alliances? What do you look for in the said alliances? Maybe sh should a, a seasoned mortgage broker be working with a junior agent the other way around? How do you go about forming those relationships? I mean, that is the million dollar question. Sure. So the first thing as a mortgage, pardon me, as a realtor, I would ask your broker what their retention rate is like. Might seem like an insignificant question, but if a broker tells you, I don't know, they're not tracking their database. That matters to you because one, if you send me a client, five years later a client comes back, I send the client back to you. That tracking is vital for your database and mine, but also that retention matters for renewals, for returning business. If they have high retention, they're giving excellent customer service. As a realtor, that should matter to you. You should ask them, what kind of updates do you provide? What kind of accountability can I expect from you? Because again, this is your client as much as it is mine, and we're trying to be united front. I am of the opinion that I work with anyone and everyone who I like. I don't care if you're junior, if you are kind or sincere or genuine, I'm happy to work with you. Does it take more of my time to coach you? Absolutely. But do I believe that those people are the ones who are going to become the, the big and the baddies of real estate? I do. Because you, you can't replace someone being genuine and that's not something that can be taught. No. So if you are a person that I like and I want to work with, I will work with you. If you're a high-producing realtor, and to me you seem disingenuous or we don't click, I'm fortunate I'm in the position where I can say, you know what, at this point in time, thank I'm you. not accepting new referrals. Yeah. Th thank but you, but no thank you. But that's a privilege. Well, it's a privilege, it's a privilege you both earned and worked hard 100%. for. 100%. So, so I, I can tell you. And I've with, taken it on the chin enough to know yes. <laughs> that, I, that I've hit the point where I'm like, no thank you. Uh, I, I personally call it, I, I've eaten enough shit sandwiches where I can literally I'm pick full. and choose. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so but, but this isn't something that's normal or for everyone. It's somewhere, yeah. it's, it's you, we've worked hard enough for it. We've earned the position to be in. Yeah. And I can tell you still to this day, th there's not a day that goes by that I don't at least nibble on a little bit of a, a sandwich, just to be real. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree and with you 100%. Course, right? We're going to have to a little bit. It, it but just is what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to just bring this back a little bit to scale and team. Uh, and the reason for that is because the, the way to build a team, the way to scale your business, mm -hmm. unless your business is founded, on fundamentals of integrity, authenticity, yeah. and empathy. Mm -hmm. Empathy entails listening without speaking. Mm -hmm. it, it entails actually paying attention. Because you care. Because you care. Yeah. And because you care to solve the issue. Yes. So it's, it's a difference between selling real estate and serving your clients. There's yeah. a big difference. Absolutely. Selling real estate, I can start peddling real estate, get on calls, sell some real estate. Mm -hmm. Serving my clients has nothing to do with selling real estate. That's the end product. Yep. I could put a client into a private mortgage that didn't qualify all day long, but do I know that that's going to jeopardize the next purchase or their intended portfolio or just their financial well-being? I'm not going to do it. And I'll educate them. It's not even a matter of saying yes or no. 
there's that taking that time and there's that education piece. Um, Stephanie, I truly appreciate uh, all the time, all the insight, all the gems you dropped today. Uh, I'm definitely going to have you back in what I want to do, uh, perhaps for our next broker's playbook, and I'm hoping to do so in the next three to six months, is maybe truly explore some of the systems that you have put in place mm -hmm. and share those, or if you would like, uh, if, if your schedule allows, to put together maybe a one to three pager of not templates that you use personally, but the essence of them. Mm -hmm. Meaning that nobody wants to use your own templates regardless, but what is the essence of your work plan? Meaning, I, I, I present myself like this, my second follow-up looks like this, mm -hmm. my fifth follow-up or my renewal call, mm -hmm. or I, there is never a time of more than six months that I don't check in, whatever the case may be. Right. Because that's true. Mm -hmm. There is never, so like our entire firm has a four time a year phone check-in wow. live. Wow. There's 37 points of contact throughout the year. Some subtle, some aggressive, right. but there is not a, a single client in the REC Canada firm mm. that doesn't get touched four times with a call, 37 total times per year. Wow. This is what, why retention happens. Right. It's not a, it's not a gimme. So I would love knowing what your, the stats of your book of business looks like and because you are not a real estate broker, you're a mortgage broker, I would love to see what that looks like. I would love to sell it, to, to, excuse me, to share it, to sell it, <laughs> to sell it uh, with, your, with the brothers and sisters in our business mm -hmm. where somebody could gain value from it and be able to better their business, increase their business, mm -hmm. and of course, elevate our industry as a whole. And we talked about this before. I know that we had some footage issues, so I don't know what you're going to sort of copy and paste, but... The meat and potatoes for so much of it is starting the day at your desk, ending the day at your desk, returning the phone calls. You can have a million templates in place, but if you don't execute and you don't sit down and write them out and follow up and set the follow-up reminders and all that, it's all for naught. So I'm going to give a big shout out to my partner, Jazz Takar, mm -hmm. who th there's, not a lot, there's not a lot of people that are bigger proponents or actual performers who say stop looking for the blue pill the red pill, the green pill, yeah. pick up the goddamn phone yes. and say hello. That's me, all day, every day. So, so That is the reason I've been successful, period. So, so there, it's, it's not a coincidence that everybody who is at the top of their game has that in common. Yeah. There has to be a point where you have to do your job. <laughs> and if you're expecting emails, automations, and autoresponders to do that for you... To build a relationship with a human. It's, it's not going to happen. No, it's not. It's not going to happen. No. Um, I, I want to thank you so much for being here. Of course. I appreciate your time. Me. I appreciate you sharing your secrets, your story, and your insight with our audience. Um, we will see you soon. Thank you. I look forward to it.